Welcome to the EPOS podcast. It's a panel discussion on what the EPOS website committee regard as the most interesting topics within our specialty. Please note the views are our own and not those of the EPOS board, committees or membership. In the next episodes, we will celebrate our women members who through their dedication, commitment and love of children orthopedics are making our specialty better, but are also constantly making our society a more inclusive, nurturing space. That is why, leading up to the International Women's Day, which we celebrate on the 8th of March, we will promote our female members to the whole of our society and beyond to say thank you for everything they do. Uh, Welcome everyone for our new uh, podcast uh, episode and a new orthopedic surgeon from Europe joining us today. Dr. Bryn uh, completed her MD at the University of Oslo in 2004. She did uh, her training at the Ulsund Hospital and on Dalsnes, and then she was a resident at Ulsund uh, Hospital from 2005 and, until 2017. And then she went on to pursue her residency at Oslo University. She's been a consultant orthopedic uh, surgeon in the Department for Reconstructive and Pediatric Surgery, Oslo University. She's a PhD uh, student uh, focusing on uh, her research uh, on treatment of leg discrepancies in children. Thank you very much, Anna, for joining us. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Excellent. Good. How is the weather in Norway now? It's uh, funny Sunny. a bit. Uh, yeah, it's, it's almost sunny and it's mild again. We have had a lot of snow and uh, uh, minus degrees, but now it's uh, the snow is still here, but it's mm-hmm. melting a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of ski opportunities still. Mm-hmm. Good. So what time is your sunrise at the moment? I think maybe around 8 o'clock. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. Mm, good. It's, uh, the day is getting longer, so it's, mm. uh, it's good. I guess Oslo is not... Uh, Trumzo, which is uh, no, no. We we still have some sun during uh, December, but uh, you usually go to work when it's dark and come home when it's dark. So it's uh, it's not so much. Good. So it's nicer now. Yeah. What made you decide in becoming a pediatric orthopedic surgeon? Um, the possibility to work as an uh, orthopediatric department was maybe the main reason for me to go into this specialty in uh, Norway. We have a lot of smaller hospitals around the country uh, and uh, the smaller hospitals don't do that much of elective orthopediatric surgery. So if you want to do some orthopediatric surgery, you need to be at one of the bigger university hospitals. So um, I think uh, the main reason was that I got the opportunity to work at the department at uh, Oslo University Hospital um, in 2017. Um, and also other reasons for staying in the special specialty when I uh, started working there is that uh, I find the... Um, the specialty very varied. Uh, at my department, we do uh, uh, elective uh, uh, orthopediatric surgery in the lower extremities, uh, and we do both hip, knee, and foot, ankle, probably as all the others. And we do 
we don't subspecialize um, into smaller regions, if you could say that. Uh, so it's a varied, uh, the day is varied, the children are varied, and we have uh, from the um, more common problems among children to more uh, rare and very seldom conditions. So it's a challenging um, specialty in that way. And I also think that uh, the orthopediatric uh, specialty has, um, because there are so many rare and seldom diseases, you have to collaborate and uh, do teamwork. Um, and I also find that uh, I like teamwork and I like to collaborate and find solutions together with other colleagues among my specialty uh, and also within other specialties. So it's, uh, I think that's also uh, one of the reasons I like the specialty. And uh, I think also <laughs> for me, the opportunity to do research within the field of deformities and leg length discrepancies was one of the reasons for choosing this uh, with a supervisor and leader at the department which uh, I know is, uh, and he is very highly skilled, both in surgery and academia. Um, and the team of colleagues uh, I work together with are also a very uh, good team of colleagues. They, are, they have a high expertise and knowledge of orthopediatric surgery. And it's a good supportive and learning environment and a willingness to teach and guide. And I think that also, reflects my impression of the European orthopedic sur surgeons uh, when I've been to the European Congresses. It's a very welcoming community and it's um, from your young, uh, in the beginning of your spe specialty, it's a very welcoming and you, they, um, they remember you, they uh, include you um, from early on. So that's, uh, that's one thing that uh, I think is special with this yeah which was the most grateful moment in your career uh, i think that's a difficult question to answer uh um, i i thought i thought a little bit about that beforehand uh, i think it's difficult to define one moment as the most grateful uh, i think the most grateful moments as an orthopediatric surgeons and uh, has been when we had, we together has um, as a, made a team effort to uh, solve an orthopedic problem for a child with maybe a very rare and uh, seldom problem and ended up with a good result and a happy child and happy parents and it's uh, in, I think those are the cases you remember and which you are most uh, and make you feel that you have accomplished something. Um, I think that's the, the moments that stand out. It's uh, yeah. The grateful moments. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When everything falls into place and everything goes well. Yeah. When you can look back and say, "Yeah, I've, I've I've made a difference in the world." Yeah, we see some really rare cases that you never have um, encountered uh, uh, as a regular orthopedic surgeon uh, at at Olsen Sykehus, Olsen Hospital, which I where I worked for many years. 
um, when I changed to this specialty, I've seen many cases I've never never seen um, at at the small hospital and it's uh, challenging to know how to solve things and you consult and you get advice and you you end up doing something um, that works. How do you see the future of uh, EPOS, our society? Um, as I mentioned uh, under the first question, I think the future of EPOS is uh, it's, it has an important role in educating new orthopedic surgeons. Um, they have very good educational programs through the BAT courses. I went to that when I started uh, the specialty. It was a great introduction and you get got to meet all these uh, orthopediatric surgeons from Europe, which you later on uh, realize is mainly the uh, the uh, leading orthopediatric surgeons in Europe so it's uh, you don't realize when you are at the meeting it's uh, or at the courses but uh, so it's a high quality course and it's uh, a very welcoming course also um, and when you have finished the back courses I think the epos also has a great function in the um, those uh, educational courses they do on rear diseases and um, yeah what you both meet up for or you can have this uh, like this teams uh, um, educational that you can log into afterwards and get the get the um, instructional courses on the net that makes it very easy accessible for everyone so it, it has a I think EPOS is very good uh, in on the educational part, and I think that's a very important part in the future. And also the meeting and congresses that EPOS arranges um, is uh, very important to uh, get to know and um, discuss cases with other colleagues in Europe because our specialty is quite small, especially in Norway, uh, a small country. We need to discuss and seek advice in other countries to um, solve the difficult cases, which are very um, rare and seldom. Mm. And also, um, I think EPOS also inspires through research, um, through the congresses and through collaboration. So it's, um, I think that's also one of the main things in the future because children are, it's difficult to do research on uh, children with uh, have rare diseases and uh, so on so it's it's important to have the uh, have the collaboration within Europe to uh, be able to do good research in the future uh, hi everyone I have the pleasure of welcoming Anna Bridgens. She's a consultant pediatric orthopedic surgeon at St. George's Hospital in London, which is a trauma center in Southwest uh, London. She completed her specialty training in trauma and orthopedics on the Percival Pot rotation based at Royal London Hospital. And then she then went on to undertake a fellowship at Great Ormond Street and the Evelina Hospitals in London and has been a consultant since 2020. Her specialist interests include neuromuscular disorders, complex feet, and pediatric trauma. Welcome, Anna. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. What made you decide on becoming a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, Anna? Oh, so 
Um, from quite early on in my training, I knew that I wanted to do orthopedics. Um, but actually about 12, 12 months into qualification, I was really fortunate to um, have a SHO job at Great Ormond Street. And, you know, there was a, there's a surgeon there who you may have heard of, David Jones. And he was, you know, he basically saw that I had an interest in peds orthopedics. He spent a lot of time teaching me, showing me interesting cases. And I was exposed to this massive variety of um, peds ortho and very complex cases as well. And I think I saw the massive difference that him and the team were able to um, make in the lives of these kids. And I was hooked really from that point on. And I also really liked the way that it wasn't just peds orthopods that we were working with. We were also working with physios and OTs. There was such a broad range of people that um, we work with in, in the team. So that that was how my interest was sparked. Um, and then I went on to do my registrar training at the Royal London. And I worked um, initially with Mr. Barry, Matthew Barry, that he always tells me to call him now. Um, but it was always Mr. Barry then, um, who you know from Southampton now. And um, he, once again, you know, really took me under his wing and... He, he was a limb reconstruction surgeon, which I don't actually do now, but I, I was amazed again by the the cases that they were doing and um, and my love for it really grew from there. And um, my program director really um, for my training program, he, he was, I was very lucky that he let me spend about 50% of my training within pediatric orthopedics. I didn't do too much arthroplasty or spine. Um, so I then had the opportunity to work in trauma centers, district general hospitals, and the spe specialist orthopedic hospitals. And looking back to your first encounter with pediatric orthopedics, uh, with Mr. Jones in Gosh and the team of physios, OTs, et cetera, there, you know, I guess the early experience that we have in our career are the ones that really forge us into if there are nice experience, of course, they really make us who we are today. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, Mr. Jones really, what I was amazed about was the, the time he took with me and the time he spent um, teaching me. And then actually he really helped. It was quite difficult at that point to get onto training programs. And he um, was able to give me advice and took time to help me with my application. And um, I think the way he mentored me back then has definitely had an impact on how I now see trainees that are coming through um, and wanting to do orthopedics, not even pediatric orthopedics, just orthopedics in general and how I can help them. What do you think, because you're you're a pediatric orthopedic consultant and a mum. What do you think the challenges for women in the UK are to achieve this dream of becoming a pediatric orthopedic consultant or orthopedic consultant in general? There are challenges. Um, I think there's challenges whether you're male or female going into orthopedics, but I think particularly for women, you know, we don't want to assume that all women want to um, have children. But if you do, I think that that definitely adds time to your training. Um, it adds expense to your training because you need to think about childcare. Um, 
it definitely is expensive um, going through the training, particularly. Um, it's expensive going through the training anyway, but then if you put children on top of it, um, that is harder. I think one of the most challenging times personally for me in my career has been um, doing my exams with uh, my FRCS exams with a two-year-old and a one-year-old at home. And I was also at that time working full-time um, at the Royal London Trauma Centre and it, uh, looking back, that was a bit bleak. Um, um, am I glad I did it? Absolutely. But I think that you can't plan things. And I would say my, don't try and over plan and overthink. You don't know necessarily when you're going to have children, when you're going to be in the right, t- right time or place for it. I think that there are lots, there's a lot of support out there now. There's a lot more of awareness of um pregnant female trainees. Um, There's a lot more um, consultants that are female that um, can support. And even there's a lot more awareness amongst our male colleagues as well. So I would say don't be put off, but um, I I think that um, there are challenges, but they they are, you can overcome them. Which was the most grateful moment in your career? I mean, there's lots of things that I'm grateful for in my career. I think my career itself wouldn't be where I wouldn't be where I am now without various individuals supporting me, um, not just professionally, but personally as well. My parents, my husband. Um, but I think in terms of being grateful, I do you know, I think that actually I am most grateful for where I am right now. I think I feel so grateful that I've had this strong foundation of training and I'm working in this amazing hospital in Southwest London um, with an amazing population of kids that I feel that I'm equipped with the, um, with the technical skills to, to make a difference in their lives. And I don't do it on my own. I've got, um, you know, amazing trainees that I work with, amazing colleagues, physios and OTs. And I just, I feel grateful for the opportunity that I'm um, able to have, yeah, just have this great, this great job. I hear you, Anna. And on top of the technical skills you mentioned, I think you also have the people skills, which really helps, especially in your muscular conditions that you do a lot of. Yeah. I mean, the families that you come into contact with, the the services, the service is on its knees at the moment. And these these families are really, really struggling. And it is a privilege to be able to try and help them and make a difference. Thank you very much uh, for joining us from Romania, from Bucharest. Dr. Stefana Karp, who's uh, joining us today for this EPOS uh, uh, podcast episode. Dr. Stefana Karp is a pediatric OP consultant who works in Bucharest, as mentioned, in Victoria uh, Gomoyu uh, Hospital. She was trained in Yash, which is uh, one of the largest uh, cities in Romania, and is uh, vastly experienced in the management of pediatric orthopedic uh, pathology, uh, whether it's trauma or elective work. Thank you for joining us today. It's really important that um, I, as a Romanian, um, have someone in this uh, podcast from Romania, and it's uh, a pleasure uh, to, to meet you tonight. Thank you.
Well, thank you for having me. And of course, it's an honor. I know the subject is women in orthopedics, pediatric orthopedics. So it's a special one just for that. And, and thank you for including me and for thinking of me and thinking of someone from Romania because we are in a relatively big country, country with a lot of pathology and a lot of children that uh, need our uh, guidance and treatment. What made you decide in becoming a pediatric orthopedic surgeon? So this is this uh, this is a funny story and not so I I don't think it's really inspirational, but you 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 will tell me. I we have students when uh, our hospital also have students and I always start um, our classes with this little story. I had uh, an amazing anatomy teacher in the first year of uh, med school who told us like this, you now are all surgeons, you want to be surgeons, you want to cut, and by the end of your sixth year, you're all going to want to be cardiologists. So that story was true for most of my colleagues, not for me. I didn't specifically want to be an orthopedic surgeon because a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, because let's face it, we don't actually know what it implies. It's kind of like an over uh, specialty and over specialized uh, area. But uh, doing the courses and all the um, training in the hospitals, I was sure I wanted to work with children. I think in my fifth year, when I did pediatrics, I was sure of that. I want to treat children. They're amazing. They're funny. They're, uh, they have this ability of uh, taking anything and to um, be with a smile on their face no matter what. And, for, and I was sure, and I still in my heart wanted to do surgery. And in Romania, we only have two options, or then we only had two options, which was pediatric general surgery and orthopedic surgery. And it was a spur of the moment decision. I had those two options. I said, no, let's go with orthopedic surgery. So not so inspirational, but it was a, a decision. Maybe spur of the moment, maybe not so informed, but it was definitely the right. I was never in any doubt during my training years that that I'm sure of. I think it's an inspirational story. And I think every story is inspirational because it's unique. And it, it's it, at the end, you're a fully fledged uh, orthopedic consultant um, who manages so many children. and. Um, in having and telling our story is very important and realizing, reflecting on the time that we trained and how we got to where we are. I think that's important. Thank you. Yeah. If it helps anyone making a decision, it's, I'm happy. <laughs> how would you motivate more female doctors from Romania to become uh, pediatric or orthopedic surgeons in general? Well, this is a tough one because I think the discussion is a little bit more uh, deep than that. Be of course, you have this, I mean, the whole talk of the podcast, the whole idea of women in surgery, women in pediatric surgery, in orthopedic pediatric surgery, women in, uh, um, I don't know, cardiac surgery, neurosurgery. It's a thing because we still find that women are there 
but maybe not rightfully so and maybe not uh by removing an other big part of their lives which is the personal life of course and it, it's still on the table this discussion is still on the table and, and kind of upsets me because you have this um so this society has this idea Yes, women can uh, do it all. We have to do it all. We have to raise kids. We have to have a family. We have to take care of our parents, of our grandparents. and also have to have a career, which is not true. <laughs> I mean, if a woman decides for herself that she wants to be just one of those things, it's fine. It's perfect. We don't have to be uh, have a whole philosophical uh, debate of, uh, about this subject. So motivating women, I... I like to think about it like motivating the right kind of doctors, the good at heart doctors, the doctors that uh, like children, because you can't do this if you don't like children. And there are people who are anxious around children, and that's fine, of course. So for me, the discussion is more about the ability that you do have to, to treat children and to relate to children, because that's also important. You, you can't... If you don't have a, a two-year-old in your uh, consultation room, you don't understand what I'm talking about. So until that point, you don't understand the meaning of relating to children. Because when you're talking about two-year-olds, you're talking about 18-year-olds, you're talking about 16-year-olds, you're talking about eight-year-olds. They're all different kind of people. So having the ability to transform yourself in the spur of the moment, in like 15 minutes as it takes to break from one patient to the other, you are the kind of the right kind of person to do this. Maybe, maybe women are a little bit more, but I don't want to be because we, we go into the other direction because men are just as capable. I have awesome, awesome uh, surgical uh, men, surgery, pediatric surgeons and orthopedic surgeons. They're awesome. So it's not about that. From my perspective, it's not about women no it's about good doctors empathic doctors the right kind of mix for this speciality so you can do it all you don't have to do it all and when you have that in mind anyone can do anything in my perspective tell the epos uh, members please um one defining moment that changed your career one defining well it's going to be my movement to bucharest because i did my med school in Niash. it's my hometown i did my residency in Niash. um the hospital in Niash. it's a really big one it has all the departments of pediatrics you name it neurosurgery uh, ent everything plastic surgery just for kids so on and so forth and it's like it's a regional hospital and has like a lot of cases a lot of trauma a lot but i mean it's you know that the the rhythm it's really alert it's kind of like consuming the resources were uh empty and i tried to find a little bit more um, I don't know, big surgeries, big cases. Uh, here in Bucharest, we do a lot of neurological cases. 
we don't have as much trauma as I, I did in Yash and we have a little bit more time to uh, analyze each case. We have do tumors, so it's a little bit more uh, advanced if I may say so, and the rhythm, it's a little bit more, we have now, we have time for these kind of cases. And it was kind of like a, I don't know, it just matched because I was at the end of my residency and this, uh, my boss, Dr. Vlad was um, moving here and he wanted to do a brand new thing with uh, his own people so to say he wanted to choose his team and I was the first and it was luck I think but that was of course a turning point for me because the things that I can do here and the rhythm that I can do it here I wouldn't have been able to do it there so yeah that was a big change because it was a big change because Returning to the previous question about women and how we do it all, I have a kid, he's eight years old now, and of course, his husband, and when we decided to move, it was only for me, so everyone had to compromise and uh, do this, and, but it was fine, eventually it was fine, hard, but it paid out. What was the most grateful moment in your career? I don't know if we can, when we're talking about medicine or surgery, it's not like a Oscar nomination or an Oscar award. Every day could have little moments. And those, I think about it as, I don't know, like a cup. And I always put the moments there. And from my perspective, I think the most important thing is that the good moments have to be more valuable than the bad moments because we do have bad moments and sometimes because we have bad moments we kind of forget how to be grateful for the good ones and how to really be happy for them so one big moment for this question i'm sorry i can't find an answer because even if I would have had a big moment in my heart, I would still hope that there is another great big, big thing and great thing and something that is going to be just around the corner. So I'm still, I, I think of myself as still in, I don't know, in the beginning or at least more in the beginning than in the, in the maturity years of my um career so I think that those great great big moments are I try to find them every day and to put them where they belong <laughs>